Welcome to Puns and Potions. It's your favorite actual play D&D podcast powered by Patreon and people like you. Speaking of people, the four of you people have uh, just gone through this strange sort of um, mystical, dreamy vision, illusion, not quite sure what is happening experience, um, independent of each other happening simultaneously. And now you are within this room. Um, we kind of glossed over it really quick just because you were coming out of it in a little bit of a day state. But as you stand here and you recognize kind of what's going on, the room itself is not terribly large. I mean, it's maybe approximately like 30 to 35 feet in any sort of direction, kind of square, maybe a little bit rectangular. Um, the walls themselves are lined with this like smooth, deep colored amber sheen. Uh, and the predominant shape that you can see is this large in the middle of the room stone table kind of it's more like a tablet um and out of that stone carved to from base to peak at about 12 feet tall is a model of a dark castle high walls spires more specifically it has i mean you've seen this castle before although very very off in the distance and predominantly lit by the moon but it's not terribly surprising the shape you're just getting the more specific details and i guess in this case you can see where it meets the ground and how like some of the structure kind of outlines there and what's interesting is that um the back portion of it while it has jutting out spires and things where it meets the ground it goes out to this little courtyard area and then that courtyard area is overhanging a carved in section of the table so it doesn't just go up it actually goes down into this whole thing and there's like a cliff that it overlooks but i want to highlight the feeling that you guys get um stepping out of the visions specifically bear that collected sort of fiery feeling that you were getting that engulfed your body has like formed itself in this small little molten core like in your chest stomach area and um the sweet warmth of hands in your palms uh beatrice has collected into this small radiating bit of warmth that's not all though because i'm going to whisper things to you that come along with this so give me one moment and i will do that the anticipation <laughs> i'm just in fear of what's to come it's <laughs> the only thing that is living in my brain are you whispering to all of us or right now just baron beatrice just baron beatrice this is only applies to them <laughs> just looking at your faces right now Trying to get any visceral reaction yeah. from what An you anxiety read. is what you should be reading for me. <laughs> Adam, your com yours comes with a couple qualifiers, but mm. I think in the way I describe them, um, it should make sense. If if in use you are not sure what that means, obviously just ask me to clarify. You are obviously free to move about in the space, and you are with whatever knowledge that you have taken away from the last several moments. Of your existence. Uh, is everyone okay? That was a weird door. You could say that. Um, do you think maybe we should investigate this castle? Sure. And I think Yvonne's just going to go and start looking at it. Like, he's not going to even talk about what just happened. I think <laughs> B is just, like, crying and, like, looking at her hands. And, like, just, like... Looking around, like, as things catch up, being in a very different spot now. And she'll just, like, shake herself. Yes, yes, um, uh, this, this is Strahd's castle, yeah? Right? Could it be anything else? I think she is, she is, like, can I insight to see if anyone else, like, is felt like experienced something or seems shaken like that yeah 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 go for it <laughs> five uh i'm not really gonna have anyone else roll anything unless <laughs> anyone feels like they're super hiding anything then maybe there's also, a chance that's... that it peeks through but a five is pretty low yeah. to to miss so i will also point out the only other major features in the room there's a wooden chest that is in the corner and you look around now that you're getting your bearings and obviously taking in the grandeur of the model. Um, there's no door in this room. I'm just going to notice that. <laughs> I'm 
straight clean walls. Oh boy. And ceiling and floor, obviously. In this like recreation in front of us is uh, I want to like get close and is there like how like accurate is the details? You know, am I seeing like blades of grass or is it like rough structures? Uh, roll investigation check. Uh, natural twenty. Hell yeah! It the castle itself is in extreme detail. Like every single stone brick carved out of the face of it. The landscape itself does not seem particularly high in detail. There aren't like blades of grass and things. It has like a shape that would likely meet the topography of the actual area. But the crazy part is that there are these little windows that are carved into the structure, as one would have in any sort of building. And you can peer into the little tiny windows and see inside there are rooms with great detail with like furniture and things hanging on the walls. It's all in this one sort of uniform stone color. So it's not lifelike, but it's... It's like an insane level. If I like stay there in the window and hang out for a second, do I see like furniture move? Like would I see a chair slide out from the table or something? No. And I would say with your 20, you can glean the fact that this is probably one solid carved piece. So like like, even if you could reach in and like try to move stuff, they would all be attached. They're not like it's not like dollhouse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Furnishings. I think Avalon's probably going to try to look for, like, investigate to see, first things first, um, any entrances into the castle, like, all the options available. Secondly, he's going to peer into all of these rooms to see if he can find something related to that uh, third gem that we need to find. Uh, roll investigation. And sorry, I was reading earlier. Holly, what was your role for? Um, I was just inciting. That's an 11. Everyone. Oh, okay. The thing about peering into the rooms is that none of the rooms are massive. Some of them are bigger than others. And obviously at a 12-foot scale, they are larger than Dollhouse. Um, But it is a very intricate architecture. And when you look in, you can see that the doors are all closed to all the rooms. So it's not like you can peer in at like a specific angle and get like very, very deep into the structure. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing about any of the spots that you can see that show what you would describe as like the gem or i mean there's towers and spires right that's what you know from uh b's dream back in kresk but um you don't see like anything obvious that would resemble that okay and the entrances because it is a fortified structure the only major entrance that you can tell is a large like gated door at the very front obviously the whole premises has walls around it so there's like a even larger entryway there that that is like kind of the border of the table but you don't see like small side doors really that it doesn't appear to you like there's like secret compartments or something okay seeing um avalon do that investigation can i just do another check on some of the towers to see if i would any are familiar or are unique a uh, dirty 20. While you cannot see inside of it because it doesn't have any exterior facing windows, there is one large spire, uh, like kind of centralized in the castle. It's hard not to assume that, like, if you were going to put something large and important, it wouldn't be here, considering the scale of some of the other ones. Uh, but it's not with certainty. I'll say, um, I mean, if you're going to put a gem in a tower, you'd probably put it here, right? And I'll point. Yeah, and I want to specify, like, B pointing this out is, like, pointing a finger that is almost, um, like, vertical. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's so <laughs> tall <laughs> above you. <laughs> that one. <laughs> I'm imagining, like, Avalon and Beatrice looking at this. Avalon is probably, like, put B up on the table, and she has to, like, physically climb some of those stone structures to, like, look at it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> B, how about you actually make yourself useful and make a map of this place? I would love to do that, Bear, but I don't think I can transpose any detail right now. Can I try to do it in her stead? Like, I'll just make a shoddy map as best I can? Uh, sure. Um, make a make an investigation check and a s- yeah, make that one first. And we'll go from there. 
Okay. Oh my god. Uh, that is that is actually pretty good. A twenty-four for investigation. Okay. Make a sleight of hand check with advantage. We're gonna use the other die for this. Well, that's a two, and that's a nat twenty. <laughs> okay. Noise. So with having taken a look at the structure a second time and getting specific details pointed out to you, the detail of the work that you create is actually quite surprising. It's not like a natural skill that you have illustrating or anything like that, but there's something about the structure that maybe just kind of makes sense. And you don't get a lot of the interior details. You kind of just get like the rough shape of it. And then some sort of like key details, um, it's more like a footprint than a blueprint. Okay. But it's, I mean, it's pretty effective. I, I sign my name in the corner because I'm kind of proud of it a little. And then I roll it up. You can go back to your mom's and put it on the fantasy fridge. Yeah. It's not that great of all of them. Relax. All right. No need, to, no need to kill my vibe there. So now what? The chest? Do we dare open it? I'll open it. Let me check for traps first. Yeah, I think we've learned our <laughs> lesson for chests. I thought you couldn't do anything. I just can't do any. I can't write. <laughs> right, writing seems easier than magic. I'm not even gonna respond to that. <laughs> do, do you? Yeah. Do you want to look at the chest or? Yes, I'm walking over to the chest. <laughs> Investigation check. Check for traps. Twenty-seven. Not trapped. <laughs> Open the chest. Is it locked? No. Are you going to tell us what's in the chest? (laughs) (laughs) You're okay. I was waiting waiting for the open. You open up the wooden chest. It's really like nothing special. It just kind of has this like creaky flat wooden top lid. And when you open it, it's completely empty. What? Looks like it probably would have been large enough to hold like large um, reams of parchment rolled up like uh, scrolls or something. It's very long. Not very wide. Oh, well, hmm. Well, it's just going to pace. And what if you made me really small and then I could walk around in the city? I don't know if that'd do anything, but it does sound fun. (laughs) Only any of us could do that. I think there's just no reaction on Bean's face. Is there, I'm going to feel around to see if there's anything just to make sure it's totally empty. Uh, Roll roll an investigation check. I feel like we're doing a lot of investigating, but it works, so. (laughs) That is what we're doing. You feel its teeth. 19. Yeah, you feel around and you realize that uh, the shoddy made chest has a shoddy made uh, secret compartment. Um, like a false bottom that you can sort of pry open, lift out. I think B's just going to do that silently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do so and you find that the secret compartment is also empty. <laughs> um. Can can we investigate the secret compartment to see if there's a secret secret compartment? <laughs> you want to try? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I mean, if B's not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Hey, what I you guys looking at it. in here? I'm going <laughs> to... He just walks to the other can side. They ha- can they help me so I get advantage? <laughs> no, I'm sure. not helping you. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, so. I'd help you, but it'd be disadvantage. <laughs> it's okay. I got a 25. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you pull around in the secret compartment and you notice that there is a small inlay in the wood, sort of like little pressure spot. You're telling me you, all right, and I, I, I'm just going to push it. You push it and a little side uh, section of the chest uh, just kind of goes, chukunk. <gasps> I just it's let like out a, a little box. gasp. Yeah, it's like a puzzle box. All right, I'll slide that out. It is also empty. <laughs> Let's run it back, Eric. Come on, we're gonna we're gonna keep going here. B, there was a secret compartment in the secret compartment. We need your little hands. I got a three and a one on that one. That's not good. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's anything inside of the little side uh, drawer. Bear, give it a try. <laughs> I just gestured to him. See if you can find anything. Uh, I'm gonna like. Can I pick up the chest off the ground? <laughs> sure. I'm going to, like, shake it and see if I hear, like, things rattling around. (laughs) I mean, you can hear the, like, it, like, creaks. And obviously the little drawer that's now exposed, like, kind of rattles. But you don't hear any, like, large, strange, unexpected noises. I put it back down and I shrug it to (laughs) Valid. I feel like we're so close. 
Selena, do you want to give it a go? Uh, just in there. Just in the right, right, right in there. And I'm going to point at it. Be like, there's something in there. I know there's something in there. Uh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to have like been lost in my thoughts for a second and like kind of snap back to reality and be like, huh? Um, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, and then I like look in the chest where he's talking about, I'll, I'll roll an investigation check as well. Can I help for advantage? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> I really want to get to the I, bottom I'm of like, this. Selena's reaction is just like, you're barking up the wrong tree. Eric, you show me a puzzle box. I'm going to figure out what's in it. God damn it. 15. Uh, searching around in the box, uh, you realize that in the little side drawer, there is... So in the drawer that you pop out, obviously because it came from the side, it's flat. But on the inside of the box, in order to like... Um, get a tactile pull on it to stretch it the whole way there's a little tiny like not like a knob it's more like a little dowel rod that just kind of sticks out and you realize that uh you you bump it and it rotates slightly like it spins on a little axis i'm gonna rush up to v and demand that she tries <laughs> is it really more to this box i mean we've barked really... up this tree over and over again v, there I, must listen be. i think Avalon thinks right, there's something right, to this right. box and honestly, just to get a ball and to stop be. freaking out, I think we should just investigate it We're to the end. We're close to uncovering a discovery. <laughs> we have nothing just, like, literally better like, to do. I shook it and there was no extra sound. <laughs> I'll reach in and turn the knob. Uh, you turn it and you realize it's actually unscrewing out of the chest. And when you pull it out, you notice that it's a hollow piece. And when you look into it, it looks like it would stash like a small little rolled up note. But the note is missing. So you're saying that there's probably a real chest in Strahd's castle that has a note in it. <laughs> Did, this is not who, who said inside that? the was castle. Was that Doodle though. or was that? I want to say that's Selena. <laughs> this would not be to scale. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, if, this chest would be massive. It would be the yeah. size of a mountain. <laughs> if that's what you think. All right. <laughs> We should, we should, you guys keep working on that. Someone I mean, who's able to cast magic chest, should do the detect chest magic. Is like, the chest is the... like separate from the diorama of the castle, right? It's like sitting. Yeah, it was in, just yeah. sitting in the corner. Yeah, yeah so it doesn't necessarily mean it's to scale with the castle. It's just, it could be a dummy chest. That well, it's not matches. like made out of stone or anything. Yeah, it's just a wooden And the other chest. one is a huge slab made out of one cut. Someone, someone should cast detect magic on this, on this stone. See if it's. Ooh, good idea. Also, Anna, I want to use stone cunning and see if it was like laser cut or if it was like someone did it by hand. Uh, yeah, roll. We've just we've talked about this before. It's like a nature check, probably. Yeah, yeah. I have I mean, proficiency I would take, in I that. Would, I'll allow that. Okay, I, I would take <laughs> yeah. uh, another sure check potentially, but I'm gonna uh, go ahead and detect magic on the walls. By the way, ten. The stone itself. Although it is incredibly detailed and usually smooth to the sections that would require it to be smooth to fit the texture of what it's actually making. Um, you can tell that the stone itself is is pretty granular, which obviously would lend itself to being carved and polished very well. But it isn't pure stone. There's something a little off. I relay said information. Avalon, when you go to, to detect magic, you notice uh, two things similar but different in... You know, it sends out this orb of 30 feet of detection of magic, right? Mm -hmm. Inside the room, the diorama has a faint ess essence of magic, but that essence all sort of funnels to a central point that it seems like it's radiating into the stone from there. Okay. Um, the point is maybe like no larger than a foot in any uh, dimension. And... The weirder part is that when your detect magic hits the wall, you feel as though you, that bubble of 30 feet of detect magic abruptly stops. It's not that you are not sensing magic past the wall. It's that the it hits the wall and cancels out. You're talking your, about like the yeah, walls of the room, right? Hmm. Correct. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Well, and is it one wall or is it all, all the walls? I think it's all the walls. Yeah. I'm going to walk yeah. the... the I'm going to walk magically the trapped? perimeter of the room and see if I can tell anything. It's just like a sheer sheen 
smooth, dark amber wall. There's no relief. There's no design. It is uniform across all walls, ceiling, floor. I'm going to have a moment of remembering everything that just happened to me (gasps) and be like, this is probably an illusion or a dream. And it's probably the same force that was in our dream. Wait a minute. What dream? Well, well I'm you saying, didn't you? I'm sorry. Didn't you have something happen to you before you got here? Wait, did any of you, did all of you experience horror before you got here? Did you have eyes staring at you? What? That? No. No. no nothing of the sort. Eyes Something staring offered me at a you? deal before I got here, I think. And I did not take it because I'm smart. Did you guys, what are you guys doing? Did you guys take a deal? Did what, what did, what happened to you before you got here? No, no, there's no deal. A deal? I had a, a vision. It wasn't a dream. It was of my past. A dream of your past. The past. Okay. Mine it was, was. It was a memory. A conjured fake memory. Um, and I think I broke it because it, I... it started to stare at me. Maybe. I don't know. I think I like realized I was in a dream and it and it got upset with me. Whatever it is. And I think whatever is putting us in this room right now is whatever was controlling our dreams. Who just makes a tiny model of Strahd's castle in the middle of a mountain? This isn't real. This is a dream. This has got to be an illusion. I just assumed it was some magic. And pretty much anything I don't Uh-oh. understand, I just assume is magic. Just because of the fact it's magic doesn't necessarily mean it isn't real. I mean, we have the knowledge of a treasure in a small castle guarded by amber giants beneath a mountain. This pretty much fits the description. Yeah, and that was also a vision. Yes. Right. Well, someone just told us that. Yeah, and the people who vision. just who had told us that just tried to kill us. Yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. (laughs) Well, the other Vistani just tried to kill us, and the person who told us that was a Vistani magic woman. I mean, maybe we're roping a lot of people into one group. Yeah, but I feel like we're generalizing the same faction, right? And all of the other, but all of the other prophecies that they told us have come true. Yeah, that's true. Who's to say this one doesn't? I mean, are, are they to our benefit? Leading us towards. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just dip from the conversation. I'm gonna investigate that one central magic point in the castle. I feel <laughs> oh like God, that's where you. this fucking thing is. <laughs> good. Yeah. Way to rope us back in. That was good. <laughs> I'm just like, nope. Yeah. I'm still like scaling the walls. Freaking <laughs> like, out. This is a dream. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Avalon faintly recalls like that dream happening, but it was so like. It was it was so much like the mundane memories he has from his past that he just is not thinking about it right now. Yeah, I'm getting like mad that we're like stuck. I'm like kicking a wall. I'm kind of with Bear. <laughs> I'm like scaling the walls. I, I will specify that the point that you felt of that like radiating magic source mm-hmm. um, is inside the castle, like in the table, in yep. in the structure. How like um, is it like in the center of the castle? How deep is it? Is it floor level? It's like floor level where the castle would meet the ground, um, centralized. Mm-hmm. At the base of that large tower that we mentioned? No, the tower kind of peaks up from a separate section of the castle. The tower doesn't go from ground to peak. Is there anywhere window-wise I can get a viewpoint of the source like through a window or something? Or is it like fully in there and I would have to probably break through the castle or something in order to get yeah, to there's it? Yeah, no, there's no interior, like exterior to interior center point like straight line i'm gonna visibility at least okay since we're going compartment mode i don't want to break this thing like right away because i'm afraid (laughs) so i'm gonna i do i know you do (laughs) hold on (laughs) i'm gonna look around and see if there's any sort of like similar to the chest any button compartment whatever like or like something on the floor where i can like access the interior where this thing might be and if there's nothing there, then I'll let Bear wreak havoc on it. Investigate. 21. Uh, you're pretty confident, especially with the way that Bear described the make of it. Solid piece, no small little alcoves or moving sections, nothing. Bear, you said this wasn't 100% stonework, right? Or something? I mean, it, it doesn't look like it'd be made by hand very easily. So it was magically or artificially made. 
Do you think you could find some sort of weakness in the structure as a result? I mean, if it's a huge slab, you can pretty much... I mean, it's, it doesn't seem like this is a particularly dense material anyways. We probably could just... Okay. I'm going to go against my instincts, and I'm going to pull out some tools that I have, a small chisel, a hammer, and I'm going to drop the hammer, and I'm going to pull out my axe, and I'm going to hit it <laughs> with the head of the axe into this <laughs> side and try to go through like the base, I guess, and like chip it so that it would... So you're like going where the base of the castle meets the ground as it were yeah where it would like like that intersection i I, that sounds much better than actually what i was thinking because my first thought was i'm gonna do it at the base of like the plinth and it's like it would take a long time to get all the way through you'd be working your way through a lot of stone yeah Mm -hmm. no i'm gonna start closer i i I, like kneel down and then i'm like wait and then i get back up and i crawl onto the middle of the table and i'm like this seems better (laughs) okay roll an athletics check first off 21 Okay, pretty good. Roll a sleight of hand check. Uh oh. Oh wow, my sleight of hand's better than I thought. Uh oh. Nine. <laughs> okay. Plus five. Fourteen. Okay, makes it better for sure. Thank you. Thank you. It's a little unwieldy because your obviously strength outmatches your dexterity in some of these cases. So, <laughs> um, and with the tools you're using, it doesn't make it particularly easy to do very specific mm-hmm. small <laughs> little anchored tasks. So you end up chipping away large. Uh, chunks at a time as opposed to like getting a really really narrow like burrow which might not necessarily be a bad thing um but it is pulling away details of like other sections of the structure as you go deeper you're not like it's not collapsing but can i maybe like remove the roof or like like the wall section and then like pull it up and see if there's potentially like details even inside uh, yeah, so I would say with those numbers, you could do a fair job um, because you can't tell where the rooms necessarily overlap from the outside walls. You end up taking out cross sections that don't necessarily make total sense, especially with like hallways and connecting rooms and things. But you get a pretty decent way in to the point where you could then start the process again on an interior wall, having like a room sized hole already dug out. And then continue to move forward, especially with Avalon's direction of where he feels like the source is emanating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have you roll. I want to kind of s- roll a survival check. You've already kind of used your strength oh. and your dexterity to actually do the fine skill, but this would be a little bit more of a uh, determining weak points in the architecture, how it's built, or how it would make sense to attack the situation. Uh. Nine, unless for some reason I get advantage. Stone knowledge is my best go-to. This is less about the actual stone and more about the man-made qualities of the castle. But nine is not terrible. You eventually break through to a point where it seems like the architecture gets way more chaotic. Uh, There's just like long stretches of narrow networks. And this is down past the base level, like past the ground level so into like some sort of basement-esque area of the castle so this is a little bit more difficult to navigate but you are gaining closer to this source does it seem to go deeper Ravalin? maybe i i think so well using his guide i'm going to continue digging whatever direction he gives me uh roll one more sleight of hand aha in your face dm dirty 20 (laughs) okay uh eventually you get to a point where all this nonsensical work doesn't doesn't really matter anymore because you're just like burrowing. You've gone from broader strokes to narrower strokes in segments, and now you're getting like almost drill bit esque movement towards the, the towards the spot. And you notice that um, you chip away at a piece of rock, and it breaks away to a very 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 tight little hidden nook in the structure down below all of the like carving bits. It's like right on the edge. The nook itself, like probably only slightly more than a foot in any diameter. And the rock bits that you poke out and kind of destroy around it, right past them, there's some, it's dark in here, but there's some sort of uh, small something that is taking up that little cavity. There, that must be it. I can't see in there. It's too dark. Uh, I move my way out of the little bit, let light shine in more. Okay, now I can see. (laughs) (laughs) Given some time can kind of uh, carve out this area enough that you could 
potentially slip out the object that is in this little spot. Is it, do I have a rough idea of the sh- its shape? It's rectangular. I'm going to get as much of the sides out as I can, and then I'm going to try to just get in there and yank this thing out. As you kind of uh, burrow out the sides and you pull out this thing, you realize that the reason that it's hard to see is because from the outside is almost entirely black on all sides. And as you grip it, you notice that it has an odd texture that is not stone. Uh, It's actually leather. And as you pull it out and you look and there's obviously like bits of stone and you have this like whole cavity now dug out of the (laughs) side of this gigantic structure, somehow kind of staying together and realize that legs sticking out of a hole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. And uh, what you're holding is this little tome. we'd get to the details later well that time is now this mix of dice and bad jokes is an actual play DD podcast run by five twitch streamers gone rogue prepared to bring you lovable characters meaningful narrative and more laughs than you signed up for but it can't exist on its own puns and potions is made possible by the loving support of our supporters over on patreon from perks such as getting ad-free episodes early access exclusive merch and personal shout outs you too can reap the benefits of a loving patronage to this very podcast over at patreon.com slash puns and potions that's puns a and d potions for just one singular dollar a month you can keep this fantasy alive now to our other sponsors for us at Puns and Potions, community is a big part of what we wish to represent. And one friend and community member I want to throw at you today is Astral Dice. Full disclosure, I personally had a hand in the creation of Astral Dice, and it will continue to be a long-standing partnership. But just like the PMP crew, my Astral sets are the only thing I use to roll, and that's the truth. They're a handful of guys homebrewing dice sets out of their homes, because like us, they're super passionate about role-playing games, and can't accept just some mass-produced dice they bought from a hobby shop. They craft new sets when life allows it and post them online for you to snatch up, or just admire the designs. So it'd be cool if you went and checked out their website, astraldice.com, or followed them on Instagram, at theastraldice. Thanks for the time, now back to the puns. inches thick um the pages page edges are black um they don't even look like parchment really there's a little like bolted buckle on the side and on the front of the tome is inlaid and stitched into the leather bounding is a metal cast uh emblem that looks kind of like a griffin or like a large bird arm or uh wings outstretched uh its claws hanging or gripping onto a ripped banner uh, that is emblazoned on like kind of a shield in front of a shield, and then on that shield you can see peaking spires of a castle. And I recognize this symbol. This is familiar. You've seen this a couple times, uh, mostly in regards to Strahd um, and his reign. In seeing that, the other thing that you notice is that the wrinkled, somewhat malformed of age leather of the cover, spine, and back of the book within the wrinkles are these shapen birds and they're all flying in different patterns i believe yeah there's eight of them and they all circle around this metal cast emblem on the front and they're all flying away from the emblem they're kind of flying in a circle around it oh man it's only a book (laughs) look at me oh it's a book i roll my eyes here (laughs) seems like your territory i will open the book (laughs) Uh, you unlatch the hook on the side that keeps the book closed you open it and look at some of the pages and most of them are torn flooded there's they're branded with unknowable symbols and scripts a lot of it is just murky and black ink that is just almost incomprehensible it obviously tells a tale that is long and written in a series of foreign dialects. It's strange, but as you were looking through it, you realize that you turn to a page and 
ink from these different pages and sections is blotting through the page that you're currently sitting on. And those blotted ink scripts that sort of like blossom out onto the page sort of move across the tome and form into words across the pages. And how we're going to do this is I'm going to, there's a couple mm. passages. There's a couple of badges. So Every time I'm you say to... those words, it makes me uncomfy. All right. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. I'm going to send you, since you're reading the book, what the passage says, and then you can choose to read that aloud to your party. In most cases, there's no reason not to, but I will do so. This is the first one that forms on the page that you're now currently looking at in this unnatural sort of Hello, Harry. My name is Tom them. Riddle. <laughs> that was, yeah, it it reminds me of that exactly. Um, also, what language is this? Uh, what is forming in front of you right now is uncommon. Okay. Okay. There's pages and pages and pages and sections that seemed completely alien, but the bits that are moving and forming in front of you are revealing themselves to you in common. I, yeah, I kind of frown as. This is happening and just start reading aloud. I, Strahd, Lord of Barovia, well aware certain events of my reign have been desperately misunderstood by those who are better at garbling history than recording it, hereby set down an exact record of those events, that the truth may at last be known. And as you speak the phrase out to your party members, the book itself starts flipping pages. And out from the pages comes these little sputterings of ink and dust. And at one point, the pages are turning back and forth in large chunks. And a mist starts to pour out of the binding of in between the center of the pages. And it starts to just fall out over the book and kind of line the ground. And it itself is like puffing out. And it's obscuring your vision to the point where you can't really see that much far in front of you you can still see your party members which is interesting but the castle the table the walls all of those things leave your vision and as you the do. mists themselves choke closer into the area you notice that out of the fog forms a man who is clad in like a black cloak regal red tunic he's wearing these uh sleek metal pauldrons he has black hair that is uh, back tight against his skull and his eyes meet you in a cold glare. He's bearing down on you. And this is not just to Beatrice. All four of you are seeing this. And he is looking at all of you. So this is like kind of a very specific thing. It's not, it's a little unnatural. And as you meet his gaze and you're frozen there for a moment, the mists that are encapsulating this entire illusion, just a wind blows and he is gone. Do I recognize him? Yes, you do. <laughs> I think we could get <laughs> He announced it in the first yeah, passage. I'm just saying, I, I know. know. <laughs> I think we fucking know. It's Man Man. Obviously. Yeah, dude, obviously who it is. Oh my god, Meat Pie Lady, you look different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your jet black hair and pauldrons. And... Uh, the visage of the man disperses, and then the mists form again into a small young boy. No older than 12. He's got a small wooden sword at his side and tears are streaming down his cheeks. He's sitting atop a small set of stairs that lead to a wooden door. And as the, as the vision in the mist ink blots into color where he is, that paint runs into the rest of the vision around him. And soon you start seeing uh, green grass and that pulls up into where the wooden door is inset, which is a castle wall and there are red banners hanging from it and you can start hearing the low buzz of insects the humidity adds to the weight of a summer air you can feel sun you feel like you are this is different than the dream in that you realize that you have been transported into something there is no disconnect between reality and here but this feels just as real as where you were standing before what do you do you have this courtyard essentially at your disposal it's not very large um and you can now tell as the flowing color outstretches it does stop at a point where it begins to fade and then there is just that graying foggy mist um that has come out of the book where the edge of the illusion starts to begin um but you are free moving and we see each other right mm -hmm. yep. yep i'm gonna i'm gonna kneel up to this child and be like why do you cry, young pup? Uh, as you say that, he kind of 
doesn't make direct eye contact to you. And this is just like a young human boy. Just he's got kind of like straightish, maybe slightly wavy black hair. It's a little bit in his face. Um, he's wearing clothes that are probably of good make, but they're not ostentatious. It's just kind of a cream colored shirt and some like trousers that kind of go a little bit below the knee, some boots. And he just sniffles and he says, I'm just, I know I'm on a break now, but Rod and he's, he's going to come back out here and I'm sure he's just going to push me even harder. And I feel like I'm just not doing well enough. You must show him your strength. I, I mean, I'm trying. I, I, I know I obviously have a lot of work to do, but I, I don't know. I, I, there's, you know, there's a lot of expectation. I just like look back at the party. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you? What are you doing here? What do you mean? I I live here. I, I mean, I'm I'm here in the courtyard. I'm training. I train every day usually. What are you training for? Well. I train for a lot of things, but uh, here it's sword fighting, pole arms, shield. You, it's everything that a firstborn son, soon to be lord or king, is supposed to be able to do. Do you think you're ready for these responsibilities? <laughs> no. And he's just like he- head in his hands, and he's having just like a childhood breakdown. <laughs> yeah. I'd be happy to show you a few tricks if you'd like. We could spar before your uh, uh, friend comes back. Uh, I mean, he's he's not my friend. He's a teacher. He works for my dad. What, what was his I name? Mean, uh, Rahadin. He's, I don't know. He's, he's been around forever. I don't, I don't know how to describe him. A, a friend of your father's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know that they're friends. Is maybe just kind of works for him. Do you want to be training, or is your father making you do this? Well, it's not that I don't want to. I don't know what else I would do if I couldn't train. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I, you know, mother's pregnant, so when my brother's born, I'm gonna have to teach him what to do. So I, it's a responsibility, I guess. I understand. Family is everything. Yeah, I guess. I need everybody to make a perception check. <laughs> Five. Seventeen. Twenty-four. Twenty-eight. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Everyone but Bear. I mean, Bear, you would hear this in rumblings. Past the door, there is some sort of ruckus happening. A bunch of people talking, some louder, kind of laughing than others. But everyone else would notice, more specifically, uh, kind of a billowing low voice of a man kind of break out from that noise and just say, you need to push him harder. And just like a pound on a table of some kind. And you hear like silverware rattle. And uh, at that noise, uh, you can hear the young boy or you, you see him, uh, his head just kind of pop up from his hands and he just like straightens his back and he puts a hand right at his little wooden sword that he has on his belt. I have no, and he seems apprehensive, like he's like waiting for something. Yeah, it seems like yeah. he knows what that means, and he's like, yeah. "I, yeah." And in that moment that you take to like recognize how he's feeling, he realizes how he's feeling, and he takes his other hand and really quick just like wipes off both of his cheeks and like rubs his eyes. But his other hand does not leave the sword. I'm gonna like try to give him some tips and be like, when he comes at you, roll to the side and attack the leg. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna show him like. <laughs> the move i'm gonna roll over and pop back up at the like draw you know and try to he looks over at you doing this and he starts to like kind of break out of this focus into a little smile but just as that happens and you uh pop up and you like thrust at him the door behind him at the top of that set of stairs swings open and you see a he's elven so it's it's hard to like describe a specific age he's definitely an adult um, but his skin is this palish gray purple. He has also blackened hair, although it has streaks of silver and gray uh, throughout, obviously, like the long tipped ears, stern expression. And he, too, is wearing just like kind of simple, probably like a light armor, but it's it's halfway between fashion and function. He knows that he's probably not going to be needing to defend himself much against a 12 year old. So he's not like fully decked. He swings open the door and he starts walking down the steps. And as he takes a couple steps down towards the boy, the boy abruptly stands up and turns towards him. 
And the figure who has walked out of the door without looking at him, just kind of looking out over the courtyard says, it's time to get back to training. Your drills, again, get through them. I want to see three times before I get to the bottom of these steps. And the boy runs forward out into the courtyard. And he, sa- he just says, yes, Rahadin, sir. And then as he is running, the wind that you feel in the courtyard behind him takes the entire vision of the mist with him and all the color leaves until you are back again within just a blank, misty void. And the book that uh, Beatrice is still holding, uh, the passage continues. I just want to make note that the similarity between this and probably some of the stuff of all in his experience is kind of hitting him a little bit. Hmm. And he's looking down, like not at anybody. Um, I think kind of taking that all in, um, it just pauses. Um, I don't I don't know that I should read this one aloud. Um, I don't know how else to get out of here though. Um I'm the ancient, I am the land. My beginnings are lost in the darkness of the past, as that past is now filled only with regret. As you say that, and the book pages kind of turn and settle again, you all have a moment in the void between passages um, before the ink fully forms into the next bit. If you're wanting to speak to each other, whatever. Ask questions, that whole thing. Why did you help me with the boy? Clearly his spirit was broken. That was not just any boy, Bear. We know how he turned out. It made no Doesn't difference. mean you shouldn't give people a try. A chance. I don't think that was real, though. He spoke to me. He saw me. I think that no matter what we would have done, it would have changed the reality. I don't know. It might have. As you contemplate this, uh, the pages have settled and the ink blots have bled through to the page that it's currently sitting on and then again form into a passage. I was the warrior. I was good and just. I thundered across the land like the wrath of a noble god. But the everlasting war years, the dedicated years of killing, wore down my soul as the wind wears stone into sand. My army settled in the valley as we took power over the people in the name of that noble god, but with none of a god's grace or justice. And as you're reading the passage, the vision around you is forming back out of this fog as it billows up and it creates furniture and this time in a smaller chamber not nearly as large as the courtyard and there's a feeble light burning from a dim fireplace it fills the room with waves of red it's illuminating rows upon rows of books leather covers well oiled preserved and but there are large gaps that span the shelves likely to fill in some sort of more knowledge the stone floor itself is concealed beneath a thick luxurious rug um, in the center of the room is a large low table, waxed polished to a mirrored finish. Uh, the poker that stands next to the blazing fireplace is polished to perfection. Everything in here is in its place. There's a sturdy carved desk. It houses several scrolls, a parchment, open books, candles burn nearly to the wick. And there are two chairs in the room, crafted of burgundy colored wood, padded leather seats. And within one of them is facing that hearth, this first man that you saw in the mists. Clearly now you're aware, Lord Strahd von Zarevich. His head rests sorrowfully in his left hand, and he has a unfolded parchment, wax unsealed, what is likely a leather grip, uh, letter gripped in his right. And there is, in the doorway into this room, another figure. You haven't yet seen this one. Um, it is a man in uh, white robes, golden trim. Uh, he has short hair, almost to a buzz on the sides, a little bit longer on the top. Um, it doesn't go the whole way back um, to the back of his skull. It kind of reaches to the crown and then it has like kind of a bun. And he speaks out into the room and goes, my Lord, I beg of you, please just leave your study. Just a walk. We can just walk to the chapel and back and be, just get your mind off of things. I don't think sitting in here for hours upon hours is what she would have wanted. And Similar fashion, a fist slams onto the wooden armrest of the chair, billows out of the room, and in a ferocious growl of speaking, he just says, you never knew her. And the priestly figure who's standing there just kind of tightens, and he says, 
I, I understand. And it's a, it's a deep regret of mine that I couldn't. But please, I beg of you, we don't need to pray. We don't need to do any of the things. Just a walk. And if you're feeling up to it, out into the courtyard and back, no problem. Then I won't bother you anymore. And for a moment, his hand kind of rubs against his forehead and into a fist. He puts the letter down onto the other chair, stands, turns, and the two of them leave through that doorway and out into the mists of the vision's barrier. You are free to move about. Did he leave the letter? I'm a, I want to I look yeah, at I'm it. Yeah, I peek this letter. He did. Uh, you pick up the piece of parchment, and this is the first thing in this sort of set of events that has that you've actually reached out and touched other than the ground, which you don't really pay attention to. But this is a physical thing. This is like, it disconnects from everything mm-hmm. around you and it, it feels like parchment. Uh, it has weight, it responds. Um, and when you unfold it slightly to straighten it out and you look over it, the semblance of the message that you get in very formal language, mm-hmm. like no emotion whatsoever deemed here, there are condolences that attempt to give some semblance of relation between the receiver, which would be Strahd, and the queen. But it is yet still very cold. So what is it saying exactly? It is a, it's a, it's a declaration of death. So it's his mom died. Okay. But it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. it's like a, it's like a passage in a, in a newspaper. It's like a, it's like a, an announcement that goes out to everyone. The queen's dead. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, long live the queen, blah, blah, blah. May she reign forever in our hearts, that kind of thing. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Did it Did it say the relation between him? It was his mother? She had a like son. Like, it mentions that, blah. yeah, had two sons, like, you know. Survived by. Yeah. Yeah. What was her name? Does it say her name? Oh, I hear you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's it says the queen's name uh, only in her official title which is Ravinia. Um, and it would also mention the, in one of the larger body sections, it would have mentioned how she in her passing is finally able to join alongside her husband, who was referred to as King Barav. Okay. And then does it say the brother's name? Um, I will write both of those. Yeah. And what's the brother's name? Uh, it does. It does. Uh, it mentions the... It mentions the brother's name as Sergei Ivanovich. <laughs> <laughs>